CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. We get together every weekday afternoon at this time to just study the Bible, look together at what God's Word says, answer a lot of questions about things going on in the world, what we hear in church, and most of all, as you read your Bible, if you come across something you don't understand, well, that's why we like to make ourselves available each and every weekday afternoon at this time for about an hour. And so we just want to encourage you, give us a call. We'll do our very best to give you what the Bible really says on that topic. Not a piece of a verse or a fragment, but what does the Bible say about the topic? You see, that's what the Bible says, precept upon precept, line upon line. That's so important because today, oftentimes, what we believe is a piece of a verse or or some church's dogma. But what does the Bible really say? Well, that's why we like to get together and give you God's Word. You can look it up yourself, and that way you'll know what God's Word says. That number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. And joining me today, special guest Greg Blunt from Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome, Greg. Hello, Pastor Mike and Team Tima. Mike, is it nutty? You were just talking about answering questions from the Bible. And it, it is amazing to me how many times in the pulpit they are not doing, they are not doing that. Did, uh, did you happen to be perusing recently? It came out, I think, in February. But the, uh, the, the Barna research from um, uh, Arizona Christian University, uh, how pastors, there's, there's a third of pastors today that believe that people can merit salvation solely on good works. And an, an, another third of them are saying that the Holy Spirit isn't a person, so they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe the Holy Spirit is just a, a symbol of, uh, of God's power. And, and there's a high percentage that are saying that, uh, that moral truth is subjective and, and saying crazy stuff like sexual relations between, uh, uh, unmarried people who love each other are quote morally acceptable and, and, uh, saying that the, the teaching on abortion is ambiguous. Ambiguous. It's just nutty out there. So how great it is that people can call into a show like yours and uh, and get their questions answered from from this from the Bible, right, Pastor Mike? Yeah. And in order to give you an answer from the Bible, you kind of got to read the Bible and kind of got to know it to be able to do that. Not what you learned in some theological class and some seminary, but really, what does the Bible say about that? So that's why we like to get together. We want to encourage you to give us a call. Again, got some lines open. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. And with that, Greg, we'll go ahead and go to the phones. We have Steve on the line. Virginia, hi, welcome. Uh, hello, Mike. Hi. How uh, may we help? Yes, uh, uh, the one good thing about COVID 2019, I lost my wife to cancer. And then I got laid off from work. And I was lost and didn't know what to do. And I run across your radio station. I've been listening ever since. 
Well, I'm and, so glad, uh, Steve. And uh, well, I wasn't lost uh, far as with the Lord, but I just didn't didn't have nobody, no support mm-hmm. or nothing. But I found your radio station. Then I found a girl that I fell in love with. And we found out in September she has breast cancer. Oh, no. And now she's facing surgery on Thursday. And I wanted a prayer for her. And also my grandson was raised in the church. And he turned 18 and he has quit coming to church. Mm. So I've got a lot on my plate. And I just desire prayers from you and your uh, folks are at CSN. Well, you know, Steve, I'm I'm glad you called. I'm glad CSN's really ministered to you over the over the years. And and um, you said my station. It's not mine. It's all of us. I could never do this. It's because all of us, everybody listening, everybody prays for us, everybody financially supports us, the Tower Keepers, everybody. Um, this is why it works. You, you notice if you've listened to this any length of time, you don't hear begathons or all the crazy stuff that you hear so much in the Christian world, because we don't do that. Um, but we still have needs like everybody else. But, you know, we never wanted to put Jesus in the breadline. Oh, won't you help Jesus get off of welfare? <laughs> no, I, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we want to we just say, Lord, lay on all of our hearts those things that we can do for your kingdom while we can still do it, lay it for ourselves, treasure in heaven with a, with a good return on our earthly investment and uh, see what God does. But the result is going to be people, Steve, I believe just like what you're saying, that God reached out to you and touched you. And now you need a supernatural touch in your girlfriend's life and in your son's life. We, we just, uh, was it your son or your grandson? Steve, are you there? Yeah, yes, it was my grandson. Your grandson. Well, let's pray for him right now. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. First, we lift up his girlfriend, Lord, that needs a touch from you. Lord, may you give not only a doctor's wisdom, but Lord, may you reverse the cancer. And Father, may it not be malignant beyond uh, that which is containable. We ask you that you would be glorified through all of this. And Father, that you would, first of all, reach out, comfort her, and then comfort Steve as well. We lift up his grandson to you, Lord, and we pray that you would stir his heart. You would bind Satan from his mind, that he would see the alternatives that are offered in the world for a way to live your life are nothing but a lie. And that something, God, that he learned in those years that he went to Sunday school and church, he'll remember, and Lord, that you'll bring him back to your side and make him a mighty man for you. Lord, we ask you, one who heals, please heal this woman. Lord, one who saves, please reach out. And Lord, bless this kid and help him, God, find you again in Jesus' name. And Lord, bless Steve as well. Amen. Any thoughts, Greg? I was just going to ask, Steve, um, what part of Virginia are you from? Uh, I'm real close to Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, a little, pl- okay. little town called Floyd. Floyd, Floyd. Are you familiar with Fremont? Fremont? No, hey, maybe that's not, West Virginia, huh? Much. Yeah, it's probably yeah. West Virginia. How about We're, Virginia Beach? I'm real close. I've got friends there. I'm, yeah. re- I'm real close to Virginia Tech. Okay, good for you. Well, uh, yeah. just know that you have a uh, you have a built-in family here, 
at Tima, and we will uh, we will be continuing to pray for you. So thank you, thank you, Steve, for giving us that opportunity thank, today. Thank you, and uh, I was having a hard time picking up your radio station. I was drive to the top of the mountain for a good signal, and uh, my daughter she downloaded the app on my smartphone. So I'm watching, I'm listening to you, your station through my cell phone. Well, you might uh, stay on the line. I want to send you out some books, some DVDs. Perhaps you can get them into your hands of your grandson, especially, but you might also write down the channel that you used to listen to us on or the community that you're in, because we found sometimes uh, one of our translators will go down or some pirate radio station will try to pave over the top of it. And we go after those uh, with the FCC's help. Um, and so if you can leave your address where where about you are, what town you're in, and then we can look it up and see if our signal's supposed to be there. And uh, maybe your phone number too, Steve, would be really helpful so we can keep track. Because, you know, everybody listening, you're our ears, you're our eyes. If we don't, if we, if you're, we're not there one day and you turn your radio on, please call us. It's toll free. Uh, and you can always call this number, 8888 ASK CSN, when we're on uh, TEMA and just say, hey, we have an outage here. Or, of course, you can always call CSN and uh, you can get the, you know, leave that information there. But we need everybody to monitor CSN. And if it's there one day and not there another, or it's there one day and something else is on the channel instead, please call us. We need you to do that because um, without that, we, we can't do everything that we do. So just for everybody listening, if you get used to listening on the radio and you don't hear it there one day and it was there the day before, Please call us. It's so important that we do that. So, Steve, stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. God of Wonders especially, I think, might minister to your grandson, as well as Evolution versus God. Both excellent for uh, the teenage crowd, as well as older people as well. Stay in line, and we'll be praying uh, for your girlfriend as well. God bless you, Steve, and thanks so much for the call. Let's go to, Let's go to Roger in Victorville, California. Yes, Pastor Mike and Pastor Greg, thank you guys for being there. Thank you for personally being there. I know you guys got a lot on your plate, and it's by God's grace that you can do it. And then, uh, Pastor Mike, thank you for talking to me about two years ago concerning the prodigal son. I told you I was like 30 years. And you said, yeah, but, you know, you didn't have your forwarding address. You came back. And then you explained me about justification and sanctification. You get those confused, you're going to be just miserable. And then, or you'll be self-righteous. So anyway, to my question... Are we, okay, like, I know Pastor Mike, and, and you know we're allowed to defend ourselves, you know, use your discretion, um, defend your family. Um, now, if they were to take you and they say, well, this ain't the, the mandatory V, it's going to be uh, the mandatory mark of the beast, and you're going to take it, can they force you, um, and would God um, say, well, Roger didn't want it, and he's a true believer, uh, whether or not that's before the rapture, I don't know. I'm gonna, I don't want to get into all that. But I am a true believer because I'm saved by, by His grace, and there is a, a transformation in me, and it's not something I did. I, I just know that, so it's, it's, it's incredible. It's the miracle of miracles, really. But anyway, mm-hmm. are we allowed to defend ourselves if they were to say, well, we're just going to force you and put that chip in you, and so you are going to go to hell whether you like it or not? What would you say to that one? Because I don't uh, know. I don't believe we'll be here. 
I believe the church is taken out before that happens, because at that point, if you study the Bible, you're about three and a half years into the tribulation period. This is where everybody has finally uh, the new monetary system fully installed. Uh, the uh, buying and selling with numbers is is uh, is the only way you can do transactions. Revelation 13 very clearly tells us without the mark, name or number on your hand or on your forehead, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. It's very clear in the Bible that it is a mark or a number. It is not worshiping on Sunday. Don't let the seven-day Adventists or anybody else fool you on that one. It's very clear the word upon is the same word that you would get as a tattoo, not what day you worship on. Ellen G. White said, oh, it's worshiping on Sunday. No, it's not. It's very clear. And there's two angels. uh, There's angels that fly through the midst of heaven warning people on the earth not to take the mark of the beast. So it's very clear what it is. It's selling out. Now, I believe those who take the mark of the beast willingly take it. They want it because they're, they've sold out. Pastor friend of mine years ago, George Kreitz, he said this. He said, the mark of the beast appears on the heart a long time before it ever shows up on the hand or on the forehead. I agree 100%. I, I really believe that that's a, a, a thing that they're all, who is able to make war with the Antichrist? Of course, he's not going to be called the Antichrist during the tribulation period. He's going to call the man of peace. And people will hail him as such. But we know who he really is. Now, for the Christians that become Christians during the tribulation period, they are either going to have to hide if they can, or number two, reject the mark of the beast and be beheaded for their faith um, or capitulate and go to hell. Um, But what I tell everybody, if you miss the rapture, don't take the mark of the beast under any circumstances because you have damned yourself to hell. Now, uh, again, we have different Bible teachers out there. Uh, John MacArthur says you can take the mark of the beast and still go to heaven. That is absolutely false doctrine. There's no way around it. Uh, the Bible explicitly says you cannot take the mark of the beast and go to heaven. Uh, it is a sellout, uh, and you have to be very, very aware. Again, I don't church, teach church dogma. I teach what the Bible says. And the Bible says don't take the mark of the beast. Don't let anybody deceive you on this. So it's very clear if you read Revelation chapter 22, those that take away the words of this book and those that add to it, very bad things happen to them. I don't want to be guilty of that. I know what the Bible says. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I think it's always wise just to make sure that we have our timeline correct, because it does it does matter the way that you live your life. So what we would believe, according to the preponderance of the biblical support, is that the next the next thing to happen on the prophetic calendar would be the rapture of the church, possibly possibly the Ezekiel thirty eight thirty nine war, or they'll be very very close together. But then there will be the signing of the covenant that starts the seven year tribulation period. Then uh, about three and a half years in. The abomination of desolation. That's when uh, that's when the Antichrist, who has uh, he's not a nice guy ever, but he's he really reveals his true colors then when he sets him up a uh, an image of himself in the temple and demands to be worshipped as God. Then there's another three and a half years, uh, time of Jacob's trouble. So we know that this is specifically talking about Israel. So we know that uh, God's not done. God's not done with Israel. All of that period of time um, 
during the seven-year tribulation. Then at the end of the tribulation, there's the uh, Battle of Armageddon. We read that in Revelation 19. Um, then the Antichrist, the false prophet, thrown in the lake of fire. Satan is bound for that millennium. Jesus reigns on earth with with the saints, those uh, believers who have died in Christ and those uh, who have made it through the seven-year tribulation period. Um, and then at the end of that thousand years, uh, Satan is released for a short time, followed by the great white throne judgment, followed by new heavens and new uh, new earth and the new Jerusalem. So just make sure that we, uh, that we keep the right eschatological order. We will not be uh, uh, having the opportunity to receive the mark of the beast because you can't receive the mark of the beast until the beast is on the scene. Is that right, Mike? Amen. Roger, I hope that helps. The abomination that reads desolation. Yeah, she had me confused calling herself a prophet for two years, but it says in Hebrews, he spoke to us through a son now. There ain't no more prophets or apostles or, yeah. Anyway, I'll let you guys go. Thank you guys so much for doing what you do. God is good. Amen. Roger, stand line if you like. And send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. And I think you'll enjoy that. Share it with your friends there in Victorville. I think they'll like it. So God bless you, Roger. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Bob, San Francisco. Hi, welcome. Hello? Hi. Oh, hi. This is Bob. How are you doing? I had a question on the book of Acts, you know, yes. where uh, Peter went and preached, and uh, he told him to repent, be baptized, everyone who in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. For remission of sin. And then if you follow through the book of Acts, it seems like Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, that they all did that. My question is, is I wouldn't say that would be wrong. Is that correct? No, I I, I, I baptize people in, in, in because in the name of uh, in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost means by the authority of stop in the name of the law. Well, what's the name of the law? No, that's that. You, we're not reading what it says. In the name of means by the authority, and it's by God's authority, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Jesus. By, it's by God's authority we baptize anybody. But it's the understanding of from the Old Testament. In order to be a follower of Yahweh, you would renounce your pagan deity, you would embrace Yahweh as your God, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. And again, this is what made John the Baptist's ministry very unusual because he came to the Jewish nation saying to the Jews, you need to take a ceremonial washing. Very similar to what you would say to somebody that was coming out of paganism. Well, why was that? Well, because they believed that they inherited their righteousness from Abraham or from their tribe or from their uh, lineage. Well, none of those were true. And they would they would flaunt this at Jesus. Well, Abraham taught us. Yeah, but what has God taught you, pal? See, that's the problem. In the name of means by the authority of. And so what he's saying here is they repented. And they were baptized into the name of Jesus. Now, why was that important? Because many of them had already been baptized in the name of God, uh, by the authority of God. That's how John the Baptist was. In fact, if you go to Acts chapter 19, Paul says, since you believed, have you been filled with the Spirit? They responded and said, we have not even heard of any such thing as the Holy Spirit What's that? Paul then says, how then were you baptized? 
Because if you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you would then understand that there's the Spirit in there as well. But what's amazing is that they said, we don't know of any such Holy Spirit. He said, well, then how were you baptized? A direct reference to the word Holy Spirit in baptism, chapter 19, book of Acts. And they said John's baptism only. Then he understood exactly what was going on and he reasoned to them who Jesus Christ was. Thoughts, uh, thoughts, Greg? Yeah, what you're talking about there, Bob, it's a good question. I think that a lot of people, uh, actually I've had lots of people ask me something similar to that. What we're talking about, context, I always remember the context. This is right after Pentecost and and Peter filled with the Holy Spirit gives his first sermon 3000 people give their hearts to the Lord but we pick things up in verse 37 it says now when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do then Peter said this is what we're talking about here said to them repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now there's certain uh, groups of people that will say that we can only baptize in the name of Jesus, but that would negate what Jesus told us in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Mike uh, referred to it, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you even to the end of the age. So from a practical perspective, what, what I do when I baptize, and I explain this in our baptism class as well, that I, I, I baptize in the name of the, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the, and the matchless name of Jesus, just so somebody can't come up and give you a guilt trip later on and says, oh, you were only baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, but you were baptized in Jesus' name. What about Acts 2.38? What about Acts 2.38? And I'm glad that Mike uh, got to the, the, the heart of the issue right away. The word authority, that's what it means, in the name of. Uh, one of my pet peeves as a pastor is that, that people feel like they always have to end their prayer in using, you know, using the mantra of in the name of Jesus. But what I encourage you to do that, which, and that's fine to do, but sometimes just end your prayer. We pray this in the authority of the name of Jesus who allows us to humbly approach his throne with, uh, with a boldness. So um, don't get hung up on the word name, because like Mike said, it just means authority. I use the same reference. Stop in the name of the law. Pastor Mike? Yeah. What's the name of the law? It means by the authority of the law. Here's where the problem comes in. A lot of people that are into baptizing only in Jesus' name do not believe that there's a heavenly father, do not believe there's a Holy Spirit. The name is, well, what's the name of the father, son, and Holy Spirit? Well, it's just Jesus. False doctrine. Again, 1 John 2.22, he that denies the father and the son hath the spirit of Antichrist. Wow, what a scalding verse that is in the Bible for the Jesus-only people. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to his Father, sweating great drops of blood, the Bible says. Well, what's really amazing there, they said, well, he was just placating. He was just acting to show us how we're supposed to pray. Wrong. 
When Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove rested upon him. So when we understand that, usually bad doctrine uh, is is integrated into other uh, uh, falsisms. Like in other words, well, you can take the mark of the beast and still go to heaven. Well, why would you say that? Well, we believe in once saved, always saved. So no, see, bad doctrine always leads to more bad doctrine. And so you have to start wrangling God's word, torturing scripture to make it confess to what you want it to say. So just don't be uh, confused by that. Again, that's why, again, Acts 19, very clearly talking about baptism. How were you baptized? He was asking to find out because you would certainly have heard in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Again, they said, who is the Holy Spirit? Hope that helps. Yeah, that was very good. I didn't want anything. I read the whole Bible. I've seen that. I was rebaptized in Jesus' name by following what they what the apostles did. I didn't mean to get in a big argument. I understand what you're saying. I believe that God's going to uh, look at people in their heart and what their obedience is, like Catholics and so forth. Me and we also know that they don't do the right thing, but I'm not judging them as well. I'm saying take all you get. And if somebody's going that way, you know, what they feel that it says in Jesus' name or whatever, as long as it ain't false, because that's what the apostles did. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm just saying I don't see anything wrong with it. I think we just need to work together. And I, and I appreciate you folks. I'm not going to argue with you, but I know there is a lot of oneness churches. I've been to all different ones. I found it in the Bible, like Paul did. God gave me the revelation of, of, of what to do. And they don't believe, they don't come against the Father and Son, the Holy Ghost. It's like Catholics. Some, they don't know what they're doing. I think the top leaders do, but the ones underneath, God's going right. to judge what they believe. That's, right. That's, that's why I, I, I reference, I just tell people to go to the Bible. First John 2.22, he that denies the Father and the Son hath the spirit of Antichrist. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Take it to a third grade English teacher. She'll tell you what it means, but they can't accept it. And, uh, you know, the old saying, uh, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. You know. So anyway, Bob, stay in line. Send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy that. And again, uh, because I think it's so important that we understand. You see, uh, everybody, I got a fun, funny story. I got, I was baptized. I accept the Lord when I was about, oh, about five years old. I was baptized probably when I was six. And I remember this guy saying, well, well, what name were you baptized in? And I, I knew where he was going with it. And I smiled at him and I said, you know, I don't know. I was under the water. Oh, he got all tweaked out and said, well, what church was? And I said, well, it was a brethren church. Well, brother, you were baptized wrong. And I said, no, you don't know the scripture. So it makes a lot of difference to know God's word. Coming up on a break, everyone, don't go away. We'll have more Bob Stanley. We'll get those out to you. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a healthcare plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, 
They will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. I believe that where God guides, God provides. I've always believed that. Yes, it takes money to keep CSN on the air, though not a Bible verse, but it does say he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Now, I thank God for every single person that contributes to CSN, whether they be a tower keeper, whether they support the programming that we have on CSN. Without all of you doing that, we can't exist. I talk to people every week who have been changed by listening to the radio. We're all in this together. If you feel CSN has been a blessing to you, Would you consider becoming a financial partner with our ministry? You can make a tax-deductible year-end donation by calling 1-800-357-4226. Or you can go online to csnradio.com and click on the Donate button at the top of the page. We'd like to thank you for listening and supporting CSN, where God's Word is heard. Back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Tuesday afternoon. Greg Block from Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm your host, Mike Kessler, and uh, we're going to go back to the phones. We have Michael, Los Angeles. Hello. Hi. How may we help? Well, really, my, my main concern, I guess, in topic for today is um, are we living in our end of days, really? Because I'm, I'm just noticing a lot of um, what you can say... Uh, Bible depictions and signs that I've just read about. I read so many different things in the Bible that it, I just feel like a lot of the things like we're kind of like in our first trimester of it all. Well, Jesus said, interesting, uh, Michael, you're, you're doing very well. Because if you read Matthew chapter 24, when they asked Jesus about all these things, he said, when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Now, In another place, in Luke chapter 21, Jesus said this about the last days. He said, Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles till the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Exact wording. In 1948, when Israel became a nation in the day, fulfilling another prophecy in the Old Testament, who has ever heard of such a thing, a nation born in a day? Well, that's exactly what happened to the nation of Israel, 1948. And they got half the city of Jerusalem. But they got the other half the city of Jerusalem 40 years later in the 67 war. Now, what's really amazing as we look at this, um, uh, maybe I should say not 40 years later, but they got the other half the city. Uh, we, We find that Jerusalem now is under Jewish control and recognized as the capital of Israel, just exactly what the Bible says. Now, now here's what's so weird about that. When Jesus made that statement, Luke chapter 21, Jerusalem was under Roman control. And then because of their rebellion, because they didn't listen to what Jesus had to say, 
their hearts got harder and harder till finally the rebellion got so bad, Titus, a Roman general, came in, conquered the city of Jerusalem, burned it with fire, and tore it down. They were only allowed to go back into the city of Jerusalem once a year to view the ruins of what happens when you come against the mighty Roman Empire as a mockery. It was gone. What a ridiculous, ridiculous prophecy Jesus gave that Jerusalem would come back under Jewish control. But it did that very thing. And we see it today as the capital of Israel. The Bible says the city of Jerusalem would become a cup of trembling to the whole world. And right now we know that it is. Because we have the Arabs claiming they want their half their city back. In fact, they want all the land of Israel back. This was a problem in 1948. The minute that they declared Israel to be a state, we find the Arabs came against Israel, tried to destroy it, and Israel beat them even back then. Well, 1967, in the Six-Day War, you had this huge coalition of army of Arab neighbors coming against Israel that should have snuffed them out in a matter of minutes. Instead, the little nation of Israel whipped all of them. It was only because because Sobrinan sent uh, a, a, a message uh, and said that if you don't stop uh, to the United States, if you don't stop this uh, Israeli now invasion of the Arab countries, they would intervene. I believe the uh, uh, Ezekiel 38, 39 almost happened in, in 1967. And so what happened was uh, they stopped. Israel retained the areas that they believed were necessary for their security, the Golan Heights, the West Bank. And even today, what is in so much contention right now in the world? Well, if Israel would just give up of the occupied territories, you hear them say. Well, somebody needs to explain to the Arab countries what happens when you get into a war and you lose. Israel could have taken all that land from the Arabs. They had lost it. When you attack a foreign country and you lose, you lose your country. But you see, for some reason, uh, the American news media and the world doesn't seem to get that. So they continue to call the West Bank, the Golan Heights, the Gaza occupied territories. No, they're not occupied. They belong to Israel. They won them in a war fair and square. I don't know what's wrong with our history people that can't report things honestly. This is where the problems come in. So Israel now exist against incredible odds. But this is one of the things Jesus said, the time of the Gentiles is almost over. I believe that there's a transition in which God will deal with his nation of Israel that last 70th week of Daniel, that Daniel, uh, God gave him in Daniel chapter 9, that God would deal with the nation of Israel and all things will be completed. Oh, friends, I'll tell you something. We are in exciting times. Michael, I think you're very true. And when you look at what's happening right now to the United States, being rammed into the ground as fast and as hard as they can possibly do it, now saying there's only 25 days left of diesel fuel in the United States. I just read the article about it. Do you know what that's going to do? Farmers need that to plow the fields. They are creating famine. 
are also creating the way that we deliver goods to the stores that we all buy through the trucks. We're going to be out of diesel fuel in 25 days. To think just two years ago, not even two years ago, there was plenty of everything. Inflation was less than 2%. We we had abundance of everything. And in the last two years, from baby diaper shortages to every other imaginable thing, now diesel fuel is next on their dark hit list. Friends, I'll tell you something, when God, when diesel fuel starts costing $15 a gallon because there isn't any and the trucks got to get the food to the stores, oh, the collapse is being set up right now. Oh, I can just see the liberals just, just, just shaking in their boots with joy. I remember when Rachel, Rachel um, Maddock on MSNBC when they declared that Trump was going to win uh, the when he won the election, she began to cry on television. How can this be happening? Friends, that's not news. News doesn't care. News tells you the truth. But when you have groups like MSNBC out there, that if it goes against what their hidden agenda is, well, then all of a sudden, their news reporters begin to weep and howl on TV. Isn't it any wonder that when the election that we all know was fraud, I mean, we proved it here at CSN. All the other networks are lying to you. We have documented people that got nine ballots in their mail-in ballots in their mailboxes. We have people in Arizona, all kinds of other people that have reported to us the fraud that went on. So when they say, oh, the last election wasn't cheated, they are lying. We proved it. And when we can prove something, I don't know to what level it was cheated, but let me tell you something. How many lies do you got to tell to be a liar? Just one. How many murders do you got to commit to be a murderer? Just one. How many times you got to cheat to be a cheater? Just once. They cheated. Absolutely, without a doubt, provable. And they lied to the American people. So when I see this kind of stuff go on, I believe, Michael, we're in the last days. I do believe that honesty, Joseph Stalin, the star child of the of the uh, liberal party now. He said, it doesn't matter who votes and who counts the votes. This makes us all wonder about the different way they tally votes from fraud ballots that were manufactured, which they knew were not printed on legitimate government paper in Arizona to who knows what the real status of these machines are. We know that they can be tampered with. Anything can be tampered with. I mean, we have a lot of, we have a lot of counterfeit money circulating in our society today that's rivaling our real money, but that's the problem. So we have to think about these things. Are we at the end of man's feudal governance to F- govern himself? Friends, I believe we are. And Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, what things? Matthew chapter 24, see perplexity among nations. The word perplexity in the Greek means problems with no way out. We look right now in Somalia, there's famine going on globally. And nothing will cause people to give up their freedoms like famine. So let's manufacture a diesel crisis.
that'll affect the farmers, that'll affect the trucking of America, that will affect the the rail lines because almost all the uh, trains in America are diesel fired. Hmm, what could be any worse? Well, you see, friends, we're being set up. Yes, we are. And there's no real way around it. And for Joe Biden to say, well, the Republican, he said this uh, a week and a half ago, he said the Republican Party is going to collapse the economy right before the elections. Sorry, Joe, you've already done that, you and your team. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I uh, I have a couple of comments, but uh, I was just reminded by our screeners that we've got a couple of lines open. So call in 8888-ASK-CSN. So that's 8888-275-276. Call in. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to answer your questions. Now, Mike, what you were talking about there in Matthew 24, Jesus is saying, you know, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming to be the Christ, saying that I am the Christ. And, and did you hear about, I think it was uh, last month, it was reported that there's a rabbi in Israel saying that he has been in contact with the Messiah on earth. So um, that's just one more of, uh, of somebody claiming to, uh, that the Messiah is here, and it's not. When, when, when Jesus comes for his, for his church, we're going to meet him in the air. And, uh, and when he comes in the second coming, when he comes back to this earth at the end of the tribulation, the Bible says yeah. every eye sees him. That yeah, is not the rapture of the church. That is the second coming of Christ. Michael, yeah, I hope that good. answers it for you. I, my, my thing is, was that, you know, I was reading in the, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I love the word of God. I, I read it a lot. I've been reading it a lot since I was like 13 years old, eight years old. And I, I was just coming across this thing that in the book of Samuel, it was saying that, you know, I feel like where our nation really has went wrong at is, is the same thing where Samuel said that he was displeased by the petition, but is not monarch, uh, monarchy and is inheriting from evil form of government. So I believe that when we decided that we were going to put a hierarchy against the, you know, the, the, you know, our nation and our people and everything, instead of choosing God as king, I feel like that's where we saw all nations, just, you know, just started to crumble because we had we had the greatest, you know, I would say quarterback, linebacker. We had, we had everything we ever needed. And then we started, it's like um, John McCain stated right before Trump was president. He said, what's wrong with this nation? When Trump became president, he said, why Trump was elected is because our nation don't want to, you know, take away the fear and set up a, and appoint ourselves as being, you know, a nation and letting the people govern the nation. But people, like you said, people are going to be so succumbed to being like, I, I tell this to my family all the time. When you have a child, you give them a pacifier. The government is just like, we're, yep. we're, we're like their babies now. They're giving us pacifiers. Nanny you know, state. check. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nanny state. The government will supply all your needs instead of God. And this is one of the great problems that we have right now. Again, I mean, America in the last two years, we are impoverished, friends. You're not better off financially two years ago than you are today. We're, We're all in trouble right now. 
And any money that you have saved that you worked hard for, inflation's going to burn that up. And they're saying, well, it's at 83 8.2% right now. That's because the way they refigured it. If you go back the way they figured it 20 years ago, it's at 21% right now. The worst inflation since 1948. All for no reason. So when we understand that, oh, we're having an energy... Do you know, America, we were completely energy sufficient two years ago. We're not anymore. We're completely relied and keeping all of our American dollars flowing into the Middle East. Why would you do this? It breaks America. And again, Michael, I believe happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And when the evil are, are in power... The people are, in, are people are impoverished. This is just the way it works. We're all experienced that. But again, I believe the problem with America is we've forsaken God. I believe the reason why rain is not falling on our land is not because of global warming. I believe it's because we've rejected God. Because if you study scripture all the way through the Bible, when God was angry at people, he withheld the rain. Remember Elijah fighting Baal. Uh, you see it there. Michael, I hope that helps. Stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of DVDs, a couple of books. Again, I think we're living in exciting times. Uh, again, I believe the next big event is either the rapture of the church or the Ezekiel 38-39 war, whether we'll get a heavenly view of that one or whether we're going to see part of it here on this earth. But um, know that I believe Jesus said something really important. Everybody get this. Redeeming the time the days are evil. What does he mean by that? When you redeem something, you you make it valuable. Um, you, I remember years ago, you had blue chip stamps and green stamps. Some of you, that dates me horribly. Okay, sorry about that. They were worthless until you took them to a redemption center. And for so many books of green stamps, you could get a soldering gun or a, a dress or, or you know, a tablecloth or whatever. And the stores would give them out to you based upon how much money you spent. But they were worthless. You couldn't spend them anywhere unless you went to a redemption center. And for three and a half books, you got this particular gift or for whatever it was. But you had to go to a redemption center. Redeeming the time, the days are evil. You take regular time and now you're redeeming it. You're making it valuable because the days are short. Oh man, think about it a minute. Days are short. We're not always going to be here, church. We need to redeem the time. We need to take it to the redemption center and make ordinary time, ordinary little books of stamps, valuable. I have a lot of ordinary days, but I want God to redeem them, to make them valuable because we're not going to be here forever. Redeeming the time, the days are evil. Michael, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple books, a couple of DVDs. I'll send you one called 101 Last Days Prophecies, okay? Oh, wow, okay. All right, stay in line. We'll get those out to you. I promise for everybody, whenever we do this, we don't secretly send the God Squad to your house or send you endless barrage of begging for money envelopes. We don't do that. Uh, we just do this because, Michael, we love you. We love those that call in, and we try to bless you that way. Again, we do this because God blesses us, and we want to be on the give, not on the take. So stay alive. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to David in Salinas, California. Hi, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Good. How may we help? Well, um, my wife and I have been reading the Bible, and we've been really getting into it. We just finished Kings last night, which is great. And um, 
which, gives, which has been giving us a lot of discussion. And then she saw something out there that Christmas is a hidden reflection of Baal and all this other stuff. And we were trying to, we were going through the Bible, we kind of saw that. But is Christmas a celebration of, of, of a Christian faith or or not? Is it okay? The to whole world it? recognizes it's the the date of Jesus's birth. Now he probably wasn't born on the twenty fifth of December, but it's the day the world sets aside to recognize that commemoration. You know, it's weird. We don't know. Who's in the unknown, the tomb of the unknown soldier? But we still have people there that guard it, and it's, it's a memorial. So the 25th of December is a memorial of Jesus' birth. Hey, it's great. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I, I think that people get a little overboard on that, saying that just because you have a Christmas tree in your house, that, uh, that you're worshiping Baal or Ashtoreth. Uh, it's an issue of the heart. You know, I'm you know what we do at our church? We we have a big wooden cross that we put. Uh, we just put pine needles all over it, so it looks like a a Christmas tree in the shape in the shape of a cross. And on that cross, we put uh, put little gold stars, and the people in their church just write down, "This is why I love Jesus." And uh, and it's a great way to celebrate our our uh, our Savior's birth. Nowhere are we commanded to to celebrate His birth, but we sh- we sure are happy that He was born and wasn't pretty much no it wasn't uh, december 25th but the whole idea is that uh christmas is about the birth of jesus so so maybe this christmas let's spend a little more time uh preparing a gift for the one whose birthday we're actually celebrating and maybe a little less time giving out gifts to everybody else um not that that's a bad thing to do but focus really focus on why this day is uh is important you're talking about jeremiah jeremiah 10 and it says for the customs of the peoples are futile for one cuts a tree from the forest the work of the hands of the workmen with an axe and they decorate it with silver and gold they fasten it with nails and hammers so it will not topple um you know and then give a description of uh of what they would use as kind of a totem pole in worshiping their false god. I don't know anybody who yeah, has they were carved. their house. They were carved. Yeah. They were a yeah. carved uh, thing. Yeah, I don't know anybody who uh who is actually worshiping Baal or worshiping their their uh their Christmas tree. So um don't let the Scrooges ruin that for you, but but take some good counsel and and really, really just focus on whose birthday we're celebrating and and prepare your hearts as a gift for him. Pastor Mike? Yeah, and, and you can minister to a lot of people. You know, get people to go to church on Christmas. They won't go any other time of the year. And I've led many, many people to the Lord on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, uh, simply because they come and you present a message of the gospel to them. You know, I always share, you know, as long as Jesus is born in a manger and he stays in that manger, he's okay. But if he gets out of that manger and tries to change my life, well, I don't have anything to do with that. See, well, I begin to explain to them why they need to have Jesus change their life. Because what are you living for? And again, what do you want at the end of your life? I shared this story on Sunday. I've shared it many times, but it's a story that became real to me. I went to a yard sale. It was a estate sale. They had all the really fine things on the table, but underneath the table, there was an old tattered cardboard box, anything in box, a quarter. And it was filled with the guy's trophies of the things that he did, things that he got shin splints over and the training and the hours of weightlifting and all those things, all to be sold for a quarter at the end of your life. And you know, the sad thing was 
Nobody even wanted it for a quarter. I think about people who are wasting their time in this life for a trophy that no one wants. The Bible says work for a trophy that fades not away. Eternal life, lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Wouldn't that be a lot better than your life being sold in a cardboard box for a nickel? You see, these are the things I believe are so important. And sometimes it's only at Christmas time do people really think about that, especially in the verge of going into a new year, where do you want another year or five years or 10 years like you just had? David, I hope that helps. You, you've, uh, you've answered it perfectly clear, and, and this is what my wife and I were thinking about, and this is what we had in our hearts, that we were worshiping on, on, on Christ, and we are not thinking of anything else. Christmas, it means more or less than just these uh, other ball and all that stuff. But I appreciate everything you said. You've, you've clarified it, and I'm looking forward to it now. <laughs> Amen. Jim, uh, uh, David, uh, that's why I believe it's, it's important not to be sidetracked by, um, you know, some people saying like that instead of, instead of, you know, Paul in the Bible was a bridge builder. He went to where they were. He went to this place where they were all uh, uh, worshiping all these unknown God, all these gods. And they had this one to the unknown God. Now he didn't say you bunch of pagan pigs worshiping all these gods. He didn't do that. He said, I see you're very religious, superstitious people. Uh, you have this one to the unknown God. This is the one I want to declare to you. You see, he bridged where they were at. The problem today is we have offended. We have moved away from the very people we're trying to trying to reach with the gospel of Christ. So, David, stay online, send you out some books, some DVDs. Let's go to Jim Sparks, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi, I'm actually not in Sparks, Nevada. I just never bothered to change the phone number. I am in Santa Clara, Utah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're calling. How can we help? we got about two minutes. Okay. Well, just a quick question. Um, I am a Christian, and I read my Bible daily, but I, I just have a kind of a fundamental issue. I, I know where Jesus taught that uh, if you look at a woman in lust, you're guilty of adultery. Um, what about other sins? If you think about doing other sins, uh, but you don't follow through on them, are you still guilty of it? Well, we all get thoughts. It's what we do with those thoughts. Your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, it's addressed really well there by Jesus. He's talking about the things of the heart there in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Matthew and the Sermon of the Mount. said, you've heard it said that it, uh, of old you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, this is obviously something springboarding off of, uh, for future study. Read through, uh, Proverbs 6, I think 23 through 27. And I love what Job tells us in Job 31, 1. He says, I have made a covenant with my eyes, so I would not look lustfully on a woman. Pastor Mike? Yep. And that, I believe that can be anything that we, uh, put in place of God. The Bible says to bring all of our thoughts to the Lord and leave them there. I think it's so important. We're out of time. Stay in line. We'll, we'll get that out to you. Devin, Janice, Siobhan, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. No waiting. I promise we'll be here. Lord willing. Thanks, Greg, for being on. God bless you all. Have a safe evening. To know more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is one 800 357 4226.
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. Recently on Washington Watch Live, Tony Perkins talked about America's blindness to what is right.